Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Concerned community members say that because of a new joint operating agreement between the Salt Lake Tribune and the Deseret News, the Tribune is in danger. We'll be talking with State Senator Jim DeBacchus in the program. He's spearheading a petition drive, Save the Tribune, which uh, will urge the U.S. Justice Department to block the new joint operating agreement. We'll be talking with Salt Lake Tribune editor and publisher Terry Orm and with Jonah Bryan with the Utah Newspaper Project. Phone lines are open for you. Email as well. We'd love to get your opinion on this at uh, 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495, or email is upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Terry Orm, who is now editor and publisher of the uh, Tribune, uh, joins us. Uh, Welcome to the program. Thank you. Happy to be here. Appreciate you taking some time to be with us. Uh, Joan O'Brien, who's uh, with the Utah Newspaper Project, joins us. Thank you for taking the time. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, so uh, perhaps we could start, um, uh, Terry Orm, with a, 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 uh, Senator DeBacchus, I'm informed, joins us as well. Senator DeBacchus, welcome back to the program. Always a pleasure to be chatting with you guys. Okay. Uh, you're, you're a little faint. I don't know if you get closer to the speaker or the phone. Yeah, that's the first time I've ever been called faint, but I will move in closer. <laughs> there you go. All right. I appreciate uh, you being with us. Uh, Terry Orm, um, a new joint operating agreement uh, from new ownership. I wonder if you could, uh, in brief, uh, tell us a little, uh, the timeline here. Um, a, a hedge fund and uh, through uh, Digital First Media uh, purchased the Tribune, and a new joint operating agreement was uh, was signed, I believe, in the fall of last year. That's correct. Uh, DFM and Alden Global Capital have actually owned and managed the Tribune for for a few years now. That that isn't new, but the joint new uh, joint operating agreement is new. It was uh, 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 negotiated late last summer. I th- I, I I think uh, it was it was done. Uh, kind of uh, uh, didn't involve anyone from this newsroom, but it came into effect. Uh, it was announced in mid-October, and basically uh, it does a few things that uh, changes the relationship between the Salt Lake Tribune and the Deseret News. Uh, two two big things is it changed the revenue split, the profit split, from what was uh, 58, 42, uh, 58 for the Tribune, 42 for the Deseret News, uh, to uh, a 70-30 split, 70% for the Deseret News, 30% for the Tribune. That has been a that 58-42 split has been in place since since the 50s. So it's it's it was a big change for us, and it basically cut our our profit in half from our print advertising and and print circulation. Uh, the other big change in the in the in the document in the agreement is that if the tribune were to be sold uh the deseret news uh management would have the opportunity to say yay or nay on uh, any new owner so those are two big changes and actually there's a third i'll just mention it briefly the the uh, board that manages media one uh used to be Two two uh, uh, representatives from each side. Now it's weighted in favor of the Deseret News, three to two. And uh, of course, we go along. We'll take a look at, at motives on on both sides. In a way, it doesn't matter, but in in a way, it does. Uh, for Digital First, I, I think we do have statements 
uh, from Digital First CEO. Is it John Payton? John Patton? Uh, John Payton. John Payton. Uh, he has a vision, and it's right there in the name, Digital First, of an accelerated move to digital. That's that's correct. I mean, what he would what he would say if he were with us today, I, I believe. I shouldn't speak for him, but I think this is what he would say: is he would say that that you know, print is the past, digital is the future, and uh, owning printing presses, owning printing facilities uh, is is not where uh, a, a newspaper company should be these days. It should be looking to to their digital future, and and so a part of this agreement too that I didn't mention before was they sold all those. Uh, so-called hard assets to the Deseret News, the printing facility out in West Valley City, the building, the presses, et cetera, et cetera. So they did sell um, uh, those kind of physical facilities. And in turn, uh, Digital First Media got a pretty big payout. Uh, uh, I am not in a position to disclose what it what that payout amount uh, was, but it was it was significant. It's a lot of money. So their consideration was, uh, apart from motives, their cons- the, the, what they got was was a pretty big uh, pile of cash. Exactly. Okay. Uh, Jim DeBacchus, uh you're spearheading a petition drive, uh, Save the Tribune, uh, Save the Tribune, uh, let's see, .com is where you go if you if people want to sign this. And on here, you know, this this could be a bit of hyperbole. I don't know, but but you're saying if if something doesn't change, this is unsuccessful, and the uh, U.S. Justice Department doesn't uh, uh, void this agreement. Tribune dead in months. Yeah, yeah. But before before I say anything, I'm going to say how unbelievably proud I am of uh, Terry and the standing bodies that are left at the trib. I mean, they're putting out a pretty darn good newspaper, even now when their staff has been cut. It's there. It's having an effect. I looked at today's newspaper, saw four or five incredibly important issues that were covered in the legislature uh, that the Deseret News didn't even have a story about. Clearly, their head is off somewhere in being a much more regional, LDS-oriented, faith-promoting newspaper, and that's fine with me. That's a good direction. But we need, in this state, the Salt Lake Tribune. We need that independent voice. It's been there 140 years. And my main point is it is not the market that is killing the Salt Lake Tribune. It is a very creepy deal. But a guy named Clark Gilbert, who rolled in to run the Deseret News a few years ago, has made in the back rooms with the hedge fund from New York that owns the trip. They got together and said, what do you want? Well, how do we make a deal here? We want, presumably, and I wasn't there, I don't know, I'm speculating, but the document, the new operating agreement, speaks to what happened. And what happened is... The Deseret News handed out a huge amount of money to the hedge fund, and the hedge fund said, basically, here, we don't care what you do. We don't really care about the trip anymore. We want cash up front now. We're happy to trade any future earnings, any possibility of being a paper for getting money now, because that's what hedge funds do. That's what New York hedge funds do. So the result of that is 
the trip, which got 58% of the revenue and was making money and doing just fine, despite a world where newspapers are hurting, the Tribune certainly, under those circumstances, left on its own circulation, left on its own sales, would have made it to the next wherever newspapers are going. But Gilbert and the Deseret News decided they would take from 58% of the profits to 30%, almost, in my opinion, Terry may disagree, guaranteeing that the Tribune is either going to go away completely or become a two or three times a week uh, kind of little insert into the Deseret News. What the Deseret News did is, whether they were cunning and playing this or not, is they're they're, uh, what will happen as a result of what they've done is the editorial voice of the Trib will be dead, and they will be standing as the only sellers of major newspapers in our town. It ought not to happen. It is certainly, from my perspective, illegal. You can't you can't sit down with your biggest competitor, who by the way is bigger than you are, and arrange for them to be. Uh, you to give them a bunch of money and then for them to to be out of business. The Justice Department wouldn't put up with it in any other business, and we're saying to them, this is clearly absolutely antitrust. You need to stop this, and that's where we're taking it. It's savethetrib.com. Go there. There's more details. Before I move on to Jonah Bryan, uh, Senator DeBacchus, uh, do you, you know, it's hard to parse out motives. You seem to be at least implying that Deseret News um, has as one of their motives to kill the Tribune. Did you want me to come in? Uh, or Joe? Uh, yeah, yes, you first. Oh, look, there, there can be no other explanation. When the Trib was there and making a profit, but not a lot, and having reporters and reporting and doing things at 58% of the revenue... When the Deseret News went in and said, "No, nope, we're gonna we're gonna keep it all, and we're only gonna give them thirty percent," Gilbert's a big Harvard business guy. You telling me he didn't know that when you cut the trip's revenue in half, that it wasn't going to affect them, that it wasn't going to put them out of business? These are smart people. They knew exactly what they were doing, and in my opinion, they clearly want a silent Salt Lake Tribune, and they want to be the only player out there on a revenue basis, and, and it ought to be something that every single Utah, and even Deseret News subscribers, uh, I would never want the Deseret News to be silenced in our community. We need these two strong voices that have been going back and forth for more than 140 years. We're in desperate need of this, and to let the, the Deseret News go in and stab to death the healthier Tribune is appalling, and uh, it's something that all Utahns ought to get involved in. Let's bring in Jonah Bryan, who's with um, an organization called Utah Newspaper Project, which Jonah Bryan, I, I think, was organized to uh, to fight this fight, as it were. Yes, and you know, and in in the spirit of competitive voices and free marketplace of ideas. Um, I, I would urge your listeners to go to uh, utahnewspaperproject.org, um, maybe even before going to savethetribune.com, um, and, um, you know, read, read up about this. But, yes, we, we got involved last October. We, as soon as the new joint operating agreement was um, exposed, and we wrote a letter to the Justice Department, our position is that both owners 
the owners of both newspapers are abusing uh, a federal law called the Newspaper Preservation Act. Uh, this new joint operating agreement represents an abuse of the law, and that's why why we um, asked the Justice Department to start looking into it. Um, and the Justice Department has done that. We wrote a couple letters to the Justice Department in, um, in March. Uh, uh, investigators, uh, attorneys with the department, let it be known that they are looking into it. They've, they've called and interviewed people, and they've issued subpoenas, we are told. I do have an email. I'll direct this first to Jonah Bryan. Uh, by the way, you are welcome to join this conversation. If uh, you are a Tribune reader, if you uh, feel like the Tribune is important in the community, what do you think about these developments? And what would be lost if uh, the community lost the Tribune? And I'm curious, and I always ask especially young people how they consume news. It does seem to be changing, and uh, so how do newspapers in general survive in, in this climate? Uh, is, is it a good idea to move to uh, digital? Is there revenue there? Uh, anything you'd like to comment <laughs> well, on? two different questions, yeah, and yes. Terry's a great person <laughs> to answer that. Yeah. But, you know, it's not just newspapers that are facing this dilemma in the Internet age. I mean, we are in the midst of a, of a revolution. It's hard to know what's going to happen when you're in the middle of the revolution. But all mainstream media are facing the same challenges. Um, you know, the traditional models have... Um, are you know are collapsing but for now print pays for the news gathering mm-hmm. and you know i would say that it's it, it's irrelevant the platform that the that the news is delivered um fundamentally the, the important thing is that someone is gathering the news and in salt lake city uh, you, you know the, the the primary player in the news gathering is the salt lake tribune um i mean there are lots of other able players, but, um, you know, the, the heavy lifting is done by the newspaper. It has, you know, even now with the many layoffs that it's endured, it has far more people out there gathering news than any other medium. Mm. Uh, the, the number to reach us is 1-800-826-1495. Love to get your perspective. 1-800-826-1495. Or you can reach us by email to upraxcess at gmail.com. Upraxcess at gmail.com. We have with us Jonah Bryan, who's with the Utah Newspaper Project. We have uh, Terry Orm, who is uh, editor and publisher of the Salt Lake Tribune, and uh, State Senator Jim DeBacchus, who is spearheading a petition drive, Save the Tribune. Um, and... Uh, at issue is the Salt Lake Tribune, the very survival of the Tribune um, in the wake of a new joint operating agreement, which uh, uh, took the Tribune's revenue from some 58% down to 30%. Uh, this uh, joint operating agreement was made by uh, Digital First and the hedge fund which owns it and the Deseret News. We'd like to get your perspective on the Tribune at 1-800-826-1495. Uh, so here's the email. I'll direct this first to Jonah Bryan, and then we'll get others uh, of our guests to comment. This is from Claire in Clarkston. Why would the hedge fund contact the Deseret News to renegotiate the joint operating agreement in the first place? The Tribune has the much higher circulation and should have more of the profits. It seems shady to me. You know, that is that is um, often the first question people ask was, why, why, why would anyone ever agree to this? And, you know, it, it, the whole um, debate has been very um, frustrating because the Deseret News has declined to, um, you know, uh, really discuss this at all. It really, with the one exception of the letter of clarification that they issued um, last 
month, you know, they've just said absolutely nothing. So, you know, a lot of motives are um, unclear here. But, you know, the hedge fund uh, is, you know, it, it got a lot of money for uh, a newspaper that it probably won't own much longer. So, it, uh, you know, I see it as a mortgaging of the Tribune's uh, future profits. Uh, you know, the, they were paid today for um, profits that of a paper they don't plan to own tomorrow. And so that's their motive is pretty obvious. I mean, hedge funds' motives are, uh, you know, can be boiled down to one word, money. Uh, the Deseret News' motives are, are a lot more mysterious. And, you know, both, both um, you know, the owners of the Tribune and uh, the Deseret News believe in a digital future, uh, you know, and they, um, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> but it's a theoretical um, future. You know, the digital just does not pay for the news gathering. It's print that pays for that. And the Deseret News, uh, through this deal, has left the Tribune with, you know, half of the revenue that uh, it needs to um, pursue that news gathering. Mm. Uh, Terry Orm, uh, there have been many cuts at the Tribune. Indeed, many newspapers have, have been shedding employees saw figures in one publication at a high watermark of 187 employees down to some 87. Uh, of course, painful cuts. Uh, how long can the bleeding continue and you're able to put out a uh, credible product? Well, uh, let me get to that in a second. Let me address the, Claire's question just a little bit. Uh, she, uh, I, I, too, think it's it's remarkable that no one in our newsroom or in Salt Lake City for that matter, was consulted in this deal on the Tribune side. I think that is remarkable. I, I can tell you what that point of view would be, and that point of view would have been uh, cutting our main source of revenue is uh, is a is is a disastrous thing to do. Is a, is is precisely what you don't want to do. Now, I won't uh, uh, question the the business decision to to try to uh, uh, sell kind of legacy printing facilities and things like that, that there might be some, uh, some sense to that. But I think cutting your revenue, uh, your main source of revenue, is, is asking for trouble, big trouble. Um, how far can we go? We, th- those numbers you just gave are a little bit of an exaggeration. You know, I would, I would put the numbers more in, in the 160, and now we are down to 85. Um, now, that's, that's over a long period of time. That's over like about a, a, a five- to seven-year period. But we have shed uh, just in the last 12 months we've lost 35, 36 positions, and uh, that's significant, and that's an indirect uh, result of, uh, of, this new, of this new agreement. So we've, we've shrunk considerably um, uh, uh, just in the last uh, eight months or so. So um, uh, how far can we go? I think that right now we're very close to the bone. Uh, you know, you, 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 you don't if, – if you want the Tribune to be what the Tribune has traditionally been, I don't think you can go lower. I think if you go lower, then you, you, you really change in, in a very fundamental way what the Salt Lake Tribune is and what the Salt Lake Tribune provides to its readers, and I would argue to all Utahns uh, in its, its coverage of, of uh, 
powerful institutions in the state, its government coverage, its legislature coverage, its cover, coverage of, of, uh, of major municipal governments, and, uh, and, and the major issues such as air pollution and, and uh, health care, et cetera, et cetera. We do have an email and a caller. Uh, I want to get to those. I, I want to do a quick follow-up with Terry Orm here. Um, c- could the Salt Lake Tribune in a purely digital form, provide those same services. And I'm thinking of Seattle Post-Intelligencer, which ceased uh, print. They've, they've continued on in digital. There are a few others like that. Is that possible? You know, it's certainly possible, but it wouldn't be the same size newsroom because still, as as, as I think both uh, Joan O'Brien and Senator DeBacchus have pointed out, is that that's the 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 print revenue stream is still the, the the main revenue stream. You know, we we're not ready. I don't think anybody should be ready to abandon print. Uh, 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 until and, you know, it, it, definitely the, the future is moving to a to a digital to the digital platforms, but but I, I think it's a little premature to be to be walking away from your print readers. We still have significant numbers of print readers, and we sell significant advertising in print. So uh, I, I I see uh, walking away from that as as a, as a big mistake. Maybe eventually, maybe in ten fifteen years, perhaps, but not now. Let's get to this uh, email and call. By the way, you can reach us at one eight hundred eight two six one four nine five. <clears throat> Excuse me, one eight hundred eight two six one four nine five, or by email to upraxis at gmail dot com. Upraxis at gmail dot com. Uh, some say the uh, Tribune is in grave danger because of a new joint operating agreement. There is an organization's been uh, formed, Utah Newspaper Project. By the way, that's utahnewspaperproject.org. And uh, Petition Drive, save the Tribune dot com. And uh, that's specifically what Steve and Beaver Dam gets uh, to. He says, please give out those web addresses often. So, Jonah Bryan, uh, y- your web address? Oh, it's, it's, it's the name of the organization, www.utahnewspaperproject.org. And savethetribune.com is uh, where Jim has his um, petition that you can sign. And um, there, I, I haven't checked it in a few days, but it has upwards of 15,000 names on it already yeah uh so we'll we'll get back to uh, <clears throat> excuse me senator debacchus we have a call uh, georgia in cedar city thanks for waiting and glad you uh, called th- uh, thanks for the opportunity to participate i uh, probably have a question and then my own editorial um many years ago uh, when i majored in journalism at utah state i had a summer internship at the desert news and i enjoyed that experience but i feel like for a person living in rural utah that uh the best representation, the best news for the whole state, without maybe uh, uh, LDS bias, and I am LDS, comes from having the opportunity to have the Tribune available. And I'm just old enough that I don't want to give up my print paper. I still like ink on my fingers, and I I guess I don't want to do everything digital. My general sense is that if you're going to move digital, you still, if you're going to be any good, you still have to have an adequate staff so that your digital coverage brings the news, what, you know, whether people access it in written form or digital form. And if you get, if you get the Tribune cut so low, then I don't, think they'll, I don't think they'll be a good digital paper. I mean, they won't be what we wanted. And then what I don't fully understand, what does signing the petition really do? My sense is there should be another buyer or somebody who would have a better vision 
for the role of the Tribune in the state to, to look at that and get them, you know, get them in a different format or get them on a different street. But I don't fully understand that, and I'd appreciate an explanation of that. Well, let's, let's... Don't take away my Tribune, please. Okay, okay. <laughs> thank you, Georgia. Uh, Senator DeBacchus, what, what is your petition calling for? What, what do you hope is happening? Uh, Cedar, the lady in Cedar City, you're absolutely right. Um, there, the logical explanation for this is to find a local, care about Utah, um, have an impact local owner. Because the hedge fund in New York is that spineless reptile that cares nothing about Utah. We're just one more... We're one more little widget they have, and they bumped into somebody that's willing to way overpay for it. They have no soul, and frankly, they admit that. I mean, they're they're. When I talked to them, they said, "We are a hedge fund." You know, what do what do you want out of us, Senator? We're a hedge fund. We're not pretending what we are. We are what we are, and we're going to go for the highest price, and that's it. And they're right. So the question is, how do we find another buyer? And believe me, there are buyers out there including from all reports, uh, John Onsman Sr. is interested and ready, and I suppose he's able, and I don't see him as this bastion of anti-Mormonism, but thrown into this agreement that Clark Gilbert made with the Deseret News is an approval. And so far, apparently, the Deseret News is saying no, 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 no. What they want is simple, and there's a lot of elements, and it's the level of complexity and everything, and operating agreements and newspaper preservation acts and blah, blah, blah. It gets down to one thing. The Deseret News, by all indications, by fair, reasonable people, I have no dog in this fight, is they want the Tribune dead, buried, or so inconsequential that it's not going to matter. And so what we're saying to the Department of Justice and what we're saying in the petition is this is anti-competitive. This is against the law. This is a monopoly. And we ask you, the United States Justice Department, the Division of Antitrust, to go in there with a full might and power and require the two co-conspirators here who are trying to kill the profitable tribune for their own purposes to cease and desist find a new owner, find a local owner, and let's keep the Tribune going. I think the bottom line is that. Mm. We're going to take a brief break. When we come back, we'll talk more with Senator Jim DeBacchus, who has a petition drive, SaveTheTribune.com. So where you can go to sign that if you'd like to find out more. We're talking with Joan O'Brien, who is with an organization uh, uh, set up to, uh, to help save the Tribune. That's called Utah Newspaper Project. The website there is utahnewspaperproject.org. We're also talking with uh, Tribune editor and publisher Terry Orm. We'd love to get your perspective. Are you a Tribune reader? Are you worried about the Tribune? Maybe you're a Des News reader. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, and how do you consume your news? Always interested to know where this is going. And the Tribune uh, is at the forefront here with this new joint operating agreement. What's your opinion? 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495, or you can join us to upraxcess at gmail.com. More following the break. 
This is Brian Earle with the Zesty Garden. On this Thursday's program, I'll have a discussion about mosquito abatement districts. Do they fulfill their mandate to reduce mosquito populations? And do they affect the environment? Then I'll speak with former science teacher Ron Helstern about the monarch butterfly, its migration patterns, and the drastic decrease in their numbers. Finally, Nancy Williams treats us from a reading of How Sue Hubble Lives with Termites. Join me this Thursday at 10 a.m. for the Zesty Garden. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Crumb Brothers Artisan Bread. At 300 South and 300 West in Logan, open Monday through Saturday until 3. With a changing menu, including an adobo marinated chicken panini with cilantro pesto, daikon sprouts, and provolone cheese. And by the Utah Shakespeare Festival, presenting the world premiere of Jane Austen's romantic comedy, Sense and Sensibility. Information at bard.org. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. I'm joined today by Terry Orm, who is editor and publisher of the Salt Lake Tribune, Jonah O'Brien with the Utah, Utah Newspaper Project. That organization can be found at utahnewspaperproject.org. And Senator Jim DeBacchus, who is spearheading a petition drive, Save the Tribune. You can find out more at savethetribune.com. We're talking about what some see as uh, an existential threat to the Salt Lake Tribune, occasioned by the joint operating agreement uh, signed in the fall of last year, which reduces the Tribune's portion of the joint operating agreement to revenues with the Deseret News from 58% down to 30%. Uh, and uh, we'd love to get your opinion on this at 1-800-826-1495, or you can join us to upraxcess at gmail.com. We have an email here from Louise in Layton. Was the Deseret News invited to participate? If so, what was their response? Yes, Louise, uh, we certainly did make several appeals to the Deseret News try to balance this out, uh, and uh, no response. What we have, I think what anybody has, is a response uh, which was published in the Deseret News and which was sent to uh, KUR's Radio West program. We'll talk about that as we go along. And uh, if you go to uh, utahnewspaperproject.org, go to Developments, they have uh, Deseret News clarification on the Joint Operating Agreement with some, some of their notes. Uh, so we'll we'll get to that as we go along. But yes, Desert News was definitely invited to participate in this discussion. Let's hear next some audio. This is from SaveTheTribune.com. Uh, this is their take on some of the history here. So, what's up with this Tribune business? Sit back and we'll fill you in. Way back in olden times, think late 1800s, the Deseret News and the Salt Lake Tribune sprung up to provide news to the good people of Utah. Each paper told a different side to each story, and they lived in loving contrast for many years. Until the Deseret News found themselves facing extinction. In 1971, the two papers went to Washington, D.C., and begged for special permission to join together in a monopoly. Normally, this would be considered illegal, but to save a newspaper, the government said yes. The Department of Justice allowed the papers to join forces and build a monopoly in the state for sake of preserving this two-sided conversation. This mutual agreement benefited both sides financially and ultimately allowed the Deseret News to survive. But last fall, in secret, the owners of the Tribune, a New York hedge fund, and Clark Gilbert, the head honcho of the Deseret News, sat down to plot the death of the Trib. They made a new agreement. The Deseret News would pay 
shitloads of cash to the greedy New York hedge fund in exchange for suffocating the Tribune. This would make both of them very happy, but this would make the people of Utah very sad. Instead of two opinions, there would only be one. This is where you get to be the hero. Before this agreement can go through, it must be reviewed by the Department of Justice, but not before you get to have a say. Sign the petition at savethetribune.com. Save a newspaper. Save a state. Now, if you talk to the Deseret News or, or some other people, they, they might take issue with this, but uh, we, we don't have Deseret News on with us. Uh, Senator DeBacchus, uh, that's the point of view from the uh, SaveTheTribune.com. Uh, I had, hadn't even focused on the bleeped word there, until we. so I'm, I'm glad you bleeped that. Um, <laughs> but that, that does take us back and reminds us that the Joint Operating Agreement, uh, I think you could most people would say this is factual, was put in place to... to more to help the Des News in, back in the day. You know, that, that's, that's what a lot of people forget. All along, even to this day, it is the Salt Lake Tribune that is the healthy newspaper. It is the Salt Lake Tribune that has the wider circulation. It is the Salt Lake Tribune that brings in the majority, a vast majority of the print income. So this is a case, and I, I have asked Mr. Gilbert, come on out, let's talk about this. You and I, huh? you're a Harvard business dean. You've been in a business. You, you ought to be able to wipe me up like a, like a brushed, brushed hand away. Let's talk about this publicly. Get out of your little ivory Harvard Tower. Talk to this community that your actions are affecting so drastically by killing the main independent news source in our community. Get out of this shell. Come on, talk about it. You're a newspaper, for goodness sakes. Stop issuing a one-page release and saying, we're not talking about it. We got nothing to say, blah, blah, blah. Well, there is something to be said. And Mr. Gilbert, talk. Explain your side. My guess is the reason you don't want to talk is because this is a unfair, dirty deal. And, and I don't blame you for wanting to crawl in a shell, because if I come up with this deal, I would hide away as well. We are a great state. We need these two voices. We don't have to agree with both of them, but two voices is better than one. Let's go to a caller, uh, Darlene in Moab. Darlene, glad you called. Go ahead. Uh, good morning. I'm... Uh, so thankful for this opportunity. I I wish I could uh, get hold of my friend who is 88 years old, and she looks forward to her uh, Salt Lake Tribune every single solitary morning. She subscribed to it for years, and I, it would be a great loss to a lot of the people that do not have internet. They don't want internet. They want to have that touch of that paper that they can make clippings from, and I think it would be a big disservice to the people of Utah to take away the Salt Lake Tribune. I agree so much. You know, I just I just want to jump in and, and point out that, you know, it, it is said that older people are the ones who still like their print newspaper, you know, are the... The older readers are the subscribers of the print product. But a lot of news consumers, young people who are reading their um, 
uh, news on their iPhone, they don't under, they don't realize that it originates with a newspaper. Um, the news gathering is done um, by the newspaper reporters who are paid their you know their salaries are paid by the print revenue. And you know Clark Gilbert is not um, you know he's not been coming on to the shows like this to explain himself, but you know it, part of his philosophy. His journalism philosophy is that we're moving to digital platforms. Okay, yeah, that doesn't bring in much revenue, but we don't need much revenue because really the news gatherers can be the readers themselves. They're the, you know, they're the people who can go and um, crowdsource uh, the news gathering. You know, they'll go to the, the city council meeting or they'll go uh, up to the legislature and cover stuff. You know, you know, you can have amateurs. Uh, uh, assemble the news. Well, the fact is, is that's that's just not the case. You know what? Chris Smart at the at the Tribune uh, covers uh, Salt Lake City Council. He's almost always the only person there. I really don't think Chris Smart is going to spend his Tuesdays and Thursday evenings covering the city council if he's not being paid hmm. to do that. You know, um, Clark Gilbert. He, he launched a radical reinvention of the Deseret News a few years ago. He fired 85 people in one fell swoop um, and uh, started to, you know, in, engage in this crowdsourced news gathering. And the result has been, you know, things like, uh, you know, uh, pseudonymous uh, news stories, you know, the Richard Burwash, who was really Mike Winder, writing stories about West Valley City. You know that's that's not that's not news. That's not journalism, um, and that's you know that's the other part of you know the Clark Gilbert Deseret News model that you know that we need to talk about. You know you, they they can deliver the news on digital platforms, but somebody's got to be gathering the news. A professional has to be gathering the news. Mm-hmm. Let's. Uh, I want to bring in uh, Terry Orm here for some final comments. I know, Mr. Orm, you have to to go pretty soon. I'm 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 fine. This is this is good. I like oh, this. Oh, okay, okay, great. Well, let me let me ask you anyway. Uh, what what do you need? Um, what do you need to change? What do you what resources do you need to uh, to to make the Tribune healthy and continuing? Well, I you know I think Claire down in Cedar City said it very well, and when she expressed her concerns about uh, the size of the newsroom, uh, you know she made the point that if if you are going to go all digital, I don't think she wants us to go all digital. She wants to keep the newspaper, and I agree with her. But if we were to go all digital, you still need the you still need the feet on the street. You still need the, that that reporting muscle. You still need Chris Smart hitting the Salt Lake City Council. Meeting. Meetings on on uh, on Tuesday and Thursday, and so your 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 reporting muscle doesn't diminish if you're going to keep uh, doing the reporting that that people want and expect, no matter what platform you're on. At this time, though, the 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 the, uh, the 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 revenue that pays for that, as we've said a few times today already, is 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 print. I mean, is is that is that revenue that's coming from uh, from Media One, our our JOA partner with the Deseret News. And so I, I think that that's important. I, I, I would, would, bottom line, hope that, that that can be reopened, that that could be renegotiated, that that could be looked at. Now, we are uh, now in control completely of our digital revenue, the money we make at sltrib.com and on our other 
plat- uh, digital platforms. And we are working very hard to um, increase that revenue. And we've invested in in a sales staff, and we've uh, you know we've 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 really made that effort a lot more aggressive. But the fact remains that. Um, uh, digital advertising revenue is still dimes on the dollar when you compare it to, you know, the, the sorts of revenue that Media One brings in through, through uh, print advertising and some of the other businesses that they've leveraged uh, the newspaper into. Uh, they've they've opened a real estate business. They have an event sponsor uh, production business that uh, have been leveraged from from the, news, the newspaper brands. Uh, uh, you know, you can you can put as many resources into digital as 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 you can, but but still, uh, the 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 money isn't quite there. So it, you you gave a timeline earlier. We need print at least another ten fifteen years. Do you, do you think that's? Uh, you know, that's that's kind of just my off the off the cuff prediction about how long. Uh, 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 print will be around. Maybe it'll be around even longer, mm-hmm. uh, maybe in a different form. Uh, who knows what the future brings? But I, my, my point is, is that, and I think our two callers have, have uh, uh, you know, uh, supported this, uh, uh, that, that there's a print audience out there. And Joan makes a very good point that, 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 that these are our, our, our older readers, and, and we shouldn't abandon them. And and the numbers are still, uh, you know, they're they're still uh, a force to be reckoned with, both uh, as a as a news audience, but also as an advertising audience. Mm. If you just joined us, we are talking about the Salt Lake Tribune. Uh, some are saying the Tribune is in imminent danger because of a new joint operating agreement. Well, last fall, so new-ish between the Tribune and and the Des News, which essentially inverts the uh, revenue stream to the Tribune um, fr- from about fifty-eight percent to thirty percent. That is seen as devastating by many. There's a petition drive out to save the Tribune.com. There's a an organization formed. UtahNewspaperProject.org. We're talking with Joan O'Brien, uh, Senator Jim DeBacchus, and Terry Orm, who's uh, editor and publisher of the Tribune. You're welcome to join us. We have another uh, five or six minutes left. 1-800-826-1495 or upraxcess at gmail.com. Joan O'Brien, uh, I wonder, as you look to, I guess, the rosiest future, and Senator DeBacchus talked about this, say the Justice Department uh, voids the, the joint operating agreement, including the provision about uh, veto on a new owner, uh, still, it's going to have to be an owner who's idealistic, I would think, because, uh, you know, the, the business side of this isn't all that rosy. Well, it's, you know, newspapering has, uh, you know, the <laughs> the newspaper business has stabilized somewhat. You know, I, it, it, a lot of a lot of um, hand wringing was done during the Great Recession. You know, and things are starting to stabilize a little bit. And UtahNewspaperProject.org uh, ran an, an ad in the Tribune. Uh, by the way, the Deseret News refused to run it, but we ran an ad a while back, and the salesperson told me that things are going gangbusters at, um, at down there at newspaper agency where they. Uh, handle the advertising for both papers, but the problem is now that the Tribune's not, you know, getting its share of the revenue. Um, you know, and the reason that the profit split used to be 58 percent to the Tribune was because the Tribune represents and still does 60 percent of the circulation of the two newspapers. Um, so, you know, that's that's why it's uh, that's why it was that historically. 
And, um, you know, this new joint operating agreement, you know, uh, sets it up so the Tribune gets half of the revenue it used to, and then it, and then it, when you read the joint, joint operating agreement, and you can on our website, you can see that it spells out some pretty um, explicit uh, procedures for reducing the Tribune size, reducing its circulation, reducing its uh, circulation area, uh, reducing the number of days it's published, and, and up to including ceasing to publish the Salt Lake Tribune. So I think that, you know, the, the new JOA foresees a decline of the Tribune. The, the, the terms of the agreement itself mm. does. We just have a couple of minutes left. Uh, Senator Bacchus, uh, how hopeful are you that the Justice Department acts here and voids the JOA? I'm very optimistic. I am very, very optimistic. It's called the Newspaper Preservation Act, and you, everybody needs to boil this down to the simple headline, which is Clark Gilbert, Deseret News, seek to destroy Salt Lake Tribune, their bigger competitor. That's what's happened. That's the broad picture. And in my opinion, they're doing it in a way that violates antitrust rules and regulations, and as the Justice Department lawyers get in, it's so obvious that I believe they are going to intervene. I believe we're going to find a local buyer that cares about our community and not the hedge fund guys, and the stronger partner, the stronger partner, the Salt Lake Tribune, is going to survive. Again, my hat is tipped to those people that are still working at the trip, that are putting out a newspaper, given these harsh circumstances. And I suggest everybody go buy an online subscription to the Salt Lake Tribune, not the print version, because the trip gets all the money if it goes in an online one, and the Deseret News gets 70% if they buy one, um, if they buy a hard copy. So the Tribune is worth fighting for all over our state. We'll end there. We're out of time. Much more to be uh, read on this, and you can find out a lot more at utahnewspaperproject.org. That's the organization that Jonah Bryan is a part of. Jonah Bryan, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, you can, of course, go to uh, sltrib.com, and uh, that's where Terry Orm is, publisher and editor. Thanks so much. Thank you. And uh, if you go to savethetribune.com, you'll, uh, look, you'll be able to find that petition um, and uh, Senator Jim DeBacchus is spearheading that. Senator DeBacchus, thanks so much. Always a pleasure. And uh, we hope you'll join us tomorrow on the program. Uh, Sherry Quinn is back with Science Questions. Uh, coming up top of the hour, of course, uh, our own Brian Earle with the Zesty Garden. And a special program on Memorial Day Monday. And we're back uh, talking about the economics of marriage uh, on Tuesday. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. Utah Public Radio presents StoryCorps, an oral history project in conjunction with the National Library of Congress, recorded in May of 2013 in St. George. 73-year-old Laura Stratton Friel talks with her husband Don Friel about the harsh realities of growing up on a farm and living off the land. All my life I've had to live, been forced to live in two worlds at the same time. And sometimes it's really been 
it's added a great deal to my life, and also it's frustrating. When I was a young person, I was confronted early with the harsh realities of life. That was my upbringing. I drank milk from the cows that I actually milked. I ate meat from the chickens and cows and sheep and deer and pigs that I actually helped to kill. I knew what a toothache was when my parents couldn't afford a dentist. I work like a man in the fields, and yet I'm a small woman. I saw my family suffer after a baby's death. I ate vegetables from our own garden. And if I wanted fruit, I'd just climb up into the cherry tree or the peach tree or the apple tree and eat the fruit while I was playing in the tree. Then on the other hand, from the time I was very young, I was born as a dreamer. I actually used to uh, hang all the clothes for my mom. We had seven children. And while I was out hanging the clothes, I used to hide behind the clothes so I could talk to myself and make up stories. So I didn't mind hanging out the clothes. And on being so connected to the earth and to reality, my work life involved something that was very different from reality. I majored in English and the English language in philosophy, imaginary places, and talking heads is how I saw myself. I taught English for 15 years, and I published a novel and short stories and a feature article. I write about my life. All day, every day, words, ideas, paragraphs, stories, memories float around inside my head, and yet I have to vacuum. That's the thing I hate the most is the housework, but, and yet I have to use my physical body, and I'm tied to doing that. We've raised three sons together, and I've spent a major part of my life being the chief cook and bottle washer of the family. Uh, I garden, and I fish, and I hunt. I've written a novel and uh, a feature article, and I do children's stories for our grandchildren for Christmas. So I live in that make-believe world, and yet I want to be grounded in the earth. You know, I don't want to live this esoteric life. How I find refuge from the artificial world of uh, technology that we have now and uh, of all the things, the media, the religion, the philosophy that I have read, some of the greatest authors. And I'm trying to think that I don't want to be influenced by all that because in my life I want it to come from me. And yet I know that I am all a part of the culture that I'm, I've been raised in. And so how I ground myself is I think about raising the garden. And I think that more than anything else, I, I realize how close we are to plants and how close we are to the earth because what is true in the garden is true for me. And Emily Dickinson has written a poem that I think just captures what I want to say there. It goes like this. Tell the truth, but tell it slant. Success in circuit lies too bright for our infirm delight, the truth superb surprise. As lightning to the children ease with exclamation kind, the truth must dazzle gradually or every man be blind. 
These interviews were recorded at StoryCorps, a national initiative to record and collect stories of everyday people. Excerpts were selected and produced by Utah Public Radio. Support for StoryCorps on Utah Public Radio comes from Dixie Regional Medical Center, located on two campuses in St. George, serving northwestern Arizona, southeastern Nevada, and southern Utah. Information at dixieregional.org. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and the Utah State University Athletics, offering Aggie 2014 football season tickets. Information available online, over the phone, or in person at the Athletics Ticket Office in the D. Glenn Smith Spectrum, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And Elan Magazine, a bi-monthly artistic celebration of inspirational stories from extraordinary women, defining the Southwest lifestyle through culture, art, and adventure. Information at elanwoman.com. This week in This American Life, Danelle was in a car wreck and went into a coma with a traumatic brain injury. And when she came to, she had trouble remembering the years before her accident. Big stuff, like divorcing her husband. The doctors said you don't want to create any more trauma with her. And so if she's indicating that she thinks that she's still married, you can't just drop that bomb on her. That's this week. Sunday afternoon at 2 on Utah Public Radio. Utah State University and fellow land-grant institutions are celebrating 100 years of cooperative extension established by the Smith-Lever Act of 1914. The act was introduced to expand the vocational, agricultural, and home demonstration programs in rural America, with its network of county offices delivering educational programs at the grassroots level. Kudos to USU Extension for a century of responding to critical and emerging issues with research-based, unbiased information. Access Utah is a production of Utah Public Radio. You can listen to this episode or previous episodes of Access Utah anytime at upr.org, where you can find a link to subscribe to our podcast. This is Utah Public Radio, KUSR HD1 Logan, KUSK HD1 Vernal, KUSL HD1 Richfield, KUST HD1 Moab, KCEU Price, and KUSU FM HD1 Logan. Thank you for listening to Access Utah today. Stay tuned for the Zesty Garden with Brian Earle coming up next. Time now is 10 o'clock. Today on the Zesty Garden, we'll begin the program with a conversation about mosquito 